All right. Well, folks, if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, then we'll go ahead and turn to the book of John in chapter number 8. John chapter number 8, the gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in your New Testament. And folks, this being so close to so close to our Independence Day, it seems fitting that we talk about freedom, but at the same time, we talk about the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ as well. And it's a very interesting correlation between the two. You know, I know something that we probably all do, something I've certainly taken for granted myself, is the liberty that we have to be able to freely talk about Jesus Christ. You know, I've got some friends of mine right now. There have been a number of folks that, that where they live, they're across the seas. And if it were known that they preach out of this Bible that we have right here, quite literally, they could be put to death. Uh, they, they, they purposefully don't have a Facebook. They don't talk about it. If they ever go into a church or somewhere, they say, don't put us on the Internet. Because if someone finds out what we're doing there, we would be in trouble. And folks, that's, that's something that we often don't think about. I mean, just to be able to be here this morning. Man, that's a freedom. Man, the, the, the freedom of speech, the freedom of being able to talk about the things that's in this book. Folks, God has truly blessed us. And we can never forget that freedom that we have. And you know, something that we also need to remember is that freedom has a cost, doesn't it? You know, we, we hear about how America has freedom. And certainly there are other countries that have freedoms. They've had to have their own uh, revolution. You know, the French, they had their revolutionary war. We had our revolutionary war. The freedom always comes at a cost. And folks, the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ as well come at a cost. Someone had to die for our freedom in America. Someone had to die for our freedom that we find in Christ. And one of the things I think that confuses us, and a lot of, maybe people in general, when they study, when they study the, the, the Bible, they think, oh man, to be a Christian, there's, man, there's not freedom in that. If I'm going to be a Christian, that means I have to live by a set of rules, and I have to do things this way, and I have to do things that way. Well, folks, do you realize sometimes that freedom, we kind of look at it maybe in the wrong way. You know, even that song we just sang, there's liberty found in law. There is liberty sometimes when it comes to boundaries, when it comes to some regulations. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's something really neat that, that, that I've experienced, and maybe you guys have as well. When we first had our house, you know, my kids weren't quite old enough to, to play outside by themselves. But, you know, we, we were kind of scared to just let them, let them go out and just play on their own, especially when they're really young, because why? What are kids going to do? They'll, they'll wander off, won't they? I mean, you just let a kid go, okay, you know, go have fun. They might end up in the street. They might end up some other person's house. They might, you know, some guy comes on, hey, look, we've got some candy. You know, there, there, there's the old joke. But that's a very real thing. And so we would say, oh, man, that kid, he has freedom. Well, that's not really freedom. That's, that's danger. But I'm going to tell you what we did. We built a fence around our backyard. And within that fence, that's a privacy fence. It's got some, it's pretty close together with his pickets. It's got a gate and stuff in it. But you know what my wife and I can do now? We can fill our backyard with toys and we can say, hey, go have fun. They now have freedom to be able to go and play as much as they want and as much as they you know, play until their heart's content. So then nap time comes and they can go to sleep and me and mom can be free too, right? You know, we can send them out there to play and have fun because there's boundaries. Folks, sometimes there are boundaries that are found within law. And God, whenever we read in God's word that he, that he cares for us, that he loves us, he wants us to, he gives us some of these commandments. He wants us to be honest. He wants us to be truthful. He wants us to be loving. And he tells us how he would like us to be. And while we might think, oh man, that's so restrictive. We're going to learn today a little bit that that freedom 
is actually for our benefit. That freedom helps us because there is something that we often forget. If we live to ourselves, do things our way, the way we see fit, with no regard of God whatsoever, believe it or not, we become slaves. And we're going to see how this morning. How sin can make us slaves. Folks, if we have our Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me again, as we mentioned, to the book of John, chapter number 8. John, chapter number 8. Our main scripture is going to be in, in verse number 36. But I'm going to back up just a little bit and start in verse number 30. And we're going to read a little bit of this passage, John chapter 8, verse number 30. And then we're going to just kind of get a big picture of what we're reading. And then we're going to focus on verse number 36. And he spake these words. Many people believed on him. This is Jesus. He's speaking. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. By the way, at this time, there were a whole bunch of Jews that didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was. A lot of them today as well. Just because they were Jews doesn't mean they believed on Jesus. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth. Watch this. And the truth shall make you free. Boy, we've heard that one. The truth. There's freedom in truth. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? We'll talk about the question they're asking. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. This is important. That's what verily means. It's very true. It's important. I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free ye shall be free indeed. Our Father, I pray that you would help us to understand this truth that Jesus himself taught so long ago. Lord, there's so much freedom that's found in serving Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be made free from the bondage of sin. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, folks, here's what's going on. And, and it all starts out with this. And we've, we've talked a lot about how many times in the Bible, it's not, it's not that Jesus gives us these rules that are do this, don't do this. A lot of times it gets down to the heart of it. I mean, what's your motive? Why is it that you are or are not doing these things? Case in point, you know, the Bible says thou shalt not kill. Well, we know that word actually gets back to the motive because sometimes the Bible says even over in... Um, Oh, goodness. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible says there's a time for war. That's appropriate. So we know it comes down to the motive. There is a time for war, but we also know there shouldn't be murder. So there's the motive of it. So guys, here in this, we are going to learn uh, what it is down inside that these guys are asking. Jesus says this when they answered, verse number 33. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? So Jesus, he starts with this. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay, that's a good statement. We all kind of have a pretty good idea of what Jesus is saying. But these Pharisees, these were the guys that all, oh, you know, they, were, they knew exactly what the Bible said. And they said, hey, you know, you know who our great, 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 great granddaddy was? Abraham himself. And so we, we're exactly who we need to be. Man, we're, we're, we're the special ones. And then Jesus says, yeah, but you need to be made free. What do you mean we need to be made free? I've never been a slave. I've never had to work in anyone's house. I've never had anyone tell me what to do. What, what do you mean I need to be made free? 
So they're getting a little bit confused. Jesus just said, the truth will make you free. And they're thinking, okay, I'm not a slave. I, I'm, I don't work for anyone. So what's, what's the question? They, they didn't understand what he was saying. So then he answers them. He kind of gives them this, this point that what we're driving home. This is our truth today. So in verse number 33, how sayest thou ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verily, verily. This is true. This is important. I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. So folks, here's our first question and our first point this morning. This is what you need to ask yourself. Are you this morning a slave to sin? Are you a slave or a servant to sin? Okay, you might be thinking, okay, how do I know? What does this mean? Well, let's talk about it for a minute. See, when we think about sometimes, you know, this is what God tells me to do, but I'm going to do it my own way. Hey, I've got freedom to do things the way I feel like they need to be done. You know, we have a choice, don't we? When someone asks me a question, I have a choice whether or not I'm going to tell the truth or whether or not I'm going to lie. I have that choice I have to make. And I might even say to myself, you know what? I can say whatever I want to say. Hey, I've got the freedom of speech, don't I? Yeah. You know, I can, I can do it my own way. That's my choice. But God gave me a rule. God said I need to be honest. So do I really have the freedom? Well, here's where we find ourselves being a slave. Folks, sin, things that we do against God, it can make a slave a couple of different ways. The first one, I'm going to give you the obvious one. Did you know the sins that we commit, the things that we do against God, they can absolutely 100% rule and ruin your life. They can make you slaves. They can, they can put you in bondage. They can chain you down. You might be thinking, how? It's just ma making choices. All right, well, let's look at some obvious ones. You know, one of the ones that, uh, that, that have hit me at home, when I say home, I mean my own family, probably all of us. You know, when we start talking about someone who is involved in substance abuse, right? You ever seen someone chained in that? Folks, the Bible talks about how we ought to live sober lives. Is God trying to keep me from just having fun? No, he's trying to protect you. That's what we see. And we see someone, and I've seen this in my own family, in my own life. I have, I have family members that have ruined their, their entirety of their future. They were going to college, and, and man, they had such a bright future in front of them. But because they got involved with these other friends that, that sucked them into, and well, he made the choice, but it sucked them into the world of drugs. He lost his scholarship, and he only had one year left of school, was going to be a, a mechanical engineer, and now he's lost it all because, you know, he ended up giving the rest of his life over here to, to, to the drugs and to the friends and to the life he could have here. I want to tell you something. Him disobeying that law, that sin, made him a slave. That sin put him in bondage. Yeah, he had the freedom to make that choice, but look what it cost him. You know, and there's some other ones that we think even, oh, well, it's just a little thing. It's not anything that big. Yeah, we've, we've seen someone that's, man, the, the, the way that the, the alcoholism has just absolutely ruined their life or the way drugs has ruined their life. We've seen that. Yeah, preacher, we know that one. Okay, let me give you another one. One that we would say is just simple. Something as simple as maybe even bitterness. When you get upset at someone that's your friend, do you realize that can cost you a friendship? That can cost you your joy? That can bring into bondage your slavery and your happiness. There's someone right now I know that has been upset at one person for almost 30 years. 30 years! And for 30 years, they can't be in the same room with this person. For 30 years, whenever this person walks into the room, oh, I 
boy, and you want to tell me that person's actually in, they're having freedom? No. That bitterness has them chained down and they lose their happiness because of their sin. Folks, that sin will make you a slave. That sin will keep you in bondage. It will cost you your friendship. I wonder how many friendships, how many relationships, how many marriages get ruined because of our pride and our bitterness that's deep down inside that we say, oh yeah, I can feel the way I want to. Well, yeah, but if you do the things the way God said, you would have been able to keep that relationship, right? And it seems like something that's so simple. What about something like, hey man, it's just a, just a little white lie. It's not a big deal, you know? Maybe I'll just fudge this little thing here a little bit and, you know, that, that'll make me look good. There's someone that I know right now that... I, I don't know why. Have you ever met someone? Actually, I'm thinking of two people. Have you ever met someone that they'll honestly, they'll tell lies just for the fun of doing it? You know, I've met those people. I mean, maybe they just want you, maybe they just want you to think that they're this awesome person. Maybe they just want you to look at them as thinking, boy, that person's so cool. Man, they told such a great story. And it might be a good story, but I'm thinking in the back of my head, yeah, there is no way that happened. You know, you want to tell me you took an elk at two miles? Okay, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, you ever met those people? And you know, when, whenever that person, they, they disobey these simple truths. Now, every time I look at that person, it's almost like they're going to have a sign on their forehead, dishonest. How do I know anything that he's telling me is true? How do I know? That person has become a slave to his dishonesty. He is now in bondage to what he thought was his choice. Something so simple. And you know, we think that, that, that these sins are just restrictions. They're just going to tie us down. They're not letting me do what I want to do. No. They are fences to protect us. They are fences to keep us where we ought to be and to make us better people and to make us better servants of God. Folks, what he's saying here is we need to have that truth that will set us free. Look at what it said there in verse number 34. This was the words of Jesus. Verily, verily, this is important. Hey, Ken, listen is what he's saying. I say unto you, whosoever commit a sin is the servant of sin. You want to be a part of that sin? Okay, fine. But you're going to be a slave to it. You want to be a part of that sin? Fine. You're going to have to serve that sin. That is what is going to become a part of your life, and you're going to have to give your dues to it. And you know, I've done that. There have been some sins I have committed that I didn't think about what I was going to have to pay in, but eventually it ended up coming full circle and come back to us. I mean, you've ever seen that one happen, right? You thought it was going to be something so simple, but then it come around and it hurt us later. That's the way sin does. Folks, there's freedom in doing things at God's way, and there's freedom in living God's way. So then he says on here, um, we also need to think of this, and he talks about a, a specific kind of truth. When he said back up at verse number 30, or excuse me, verse number 31, and then say it to those Jews which believe on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, there's, there's, one, there's a fence, kind of, in our spiritual lives, and there's people on each side of the fence. There are those that have not trusted and have not believed, just like these Jews. Then there were the Jews that have believed on Jesus. And it was the same thing of us. There's some people that, yeah, I mean, there's probably something to the Lord. Yeah, maybe, maybe he is real. Yeah, maybe he did die on the cross. But then there's the people on the other side of the fence that said, you know what? I believe it. And I want Jesus Christ as my Savior. And the Jews, their problem was they were having a hard time believing it. Because this was, this was new. They didn't, guys, remember, in the Bible, 
They didn't have the Bible. It's almost like reading a history book. Did they have the history book while it was being written? No. So the Jews didn't have the New Testament the way we have it. All of a sudden, this guy shows up. He says, hey, I'm Jesus. I'm here to die for you. I'm here to be your Savior. And you know what? There were some Jews that said, I believe this guy is true. And there were other Jews that says, nah, you know, there's no way. And what Jesus is saying is if you believe in the truth, if you believe in what I'm saying, if you'll trust me and you'll take me at my word, then that truth will make you free. Talking about free from that sin. Folks, let me tell you something. I remember I was in a fifth and sixth grade boys class on a Wednesday night. And I asked the teacher, I raised my hand, I said, teacher, I want you to show me something out of God's word. I don't know if I'm going to be in heaven or hell. And what he did is he pulled me into his side room and he opened the Bible. He showed me how I can truly believe and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I told the Lord I wanted to be a child of his. I believe it. And I want to tell you something. That day, that's the day that as the Bible would say, I was born again. I had a birthday. That was the spiritual day that I became a child of God. And on that day, I was no longer a slave to my sin. Does that mean that I'm perfect? No. Ask my kids. They'll tell you. I'm not perfect. I'm not sinless. But I want to tell you something. I don't have to go to hell to pay off my sin debt. I'm free. I don't have to pay into that sin because I accepted Jesus' payment instead. So we can see that this idea of being made free from sin, it can happen in two different, two different aspects. There's a way of, of what I'm going to pay for it tomorrow. And then there's a way I can say, you know what? I'm going to live my entire life the way I want. I'm not going to even think about God's word. I'm just going to do it my way. I'm going to live truly free, what you would think. And the Lord will say, okay, you can do that. That's your choice. But you're going to have to pay in at some point. Folks, all sin has a cost. All sin requires something. And if we live our life without ever accepting Jesus' payment, well, then we'll have to pay for it when we're gone. Folks, we'll have to pay for that in that very real place called hell. We don't want anyone to do that. And that's what Jesus is even saying to them. The truth, it'll make you free. Be free from that sin. And then he says this, verse number 35. And the servant, this is talking about the servant of sin, right? Because verse number 34, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever commit a sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the son abideth forever. Think about this. The servant abideth not in the house forever. The servant of sin. He is not going to be in the house of sin forever. Let me ask you. This world that we live in right now. For all of the good things that are in it. Is it a perfect place? It's really not. I mean it's really not. I mean, while, while, yes, we go outside and we look at, man, how beautiful the, the mountains are out there. And, and we think about how wonderful it is to, to go out into the yard and play ball with our kids. And, and all the good things that this world has, man, that's great. But I want to tell you, this world also has a lot of faults, too. I mean, there, th think about the, war, the, the wars that go on. You think about all the, the death. You think about all the, think about all the bad things that still happen. I mean, there are still evil people that want to do evil things. I mean, look at, look at what we just had happen a few years ago uh, on September 11th with the Twin Towers and the thousands of people that died there. Folks, there are still evil people doing evil things. So when we talk about the, the servant of sin, he lives in the house of sin. Right now, this world, this is where the sin takes place. I can promise you it's not in heaven. There's no sin up there. So where are we living at this point? On this earth. 
This is where Satan is still alive. Well, spiritually speaking. And he is well and he is going to cause as much wreaking havoc as much as he possibly can. He wants to do that. I mean, he wants to hurt you. He wants to hurt me. He wants to bring as many people down as he can. So when we think of that, we have to remember that we're only here for a little while. Notice what he says. He's showing us the short time that's given. And the servant, right? The servant of sin, the person that's choosing sin. The servant abideth not in the house forever. So, I need to remember that my life, it's got a time limit. One day it's going to be up. One day that clock is going to run out. So, while I am seeing this timeline, so to speak, of my life, who am I going to serve? Am I going to be a servant to my sin? Am I going to do the things I want to do? Am I going to go ahead and keep paying into that sin life and, and having all those things that come back with it? Is that the life that I really want? Because i got to remember, one day... I'm not going to be on this house anymore. I'm going to be somewhere else. What's going to happen afterwards? And notice the other side of that same coin. Verse number 35. The servant of sin, he abideth not in the house forever. But the son, S-O-N, as in the son of God. But the son, boy, he abideth forever. So here's the thought. He gives you the choice. He gives you this, both sides in the same verse. He says there's a servant of sin. He's got a short time on this world, and he can live that if he wants to. But if you choose to be free in the Son, the Son of God, hey, he's going to live forever. If you choose to cast your lot in with Christ, if you choose to accept his payment, you'll be with him forever. And I'm going to tell you something. That's the choice that I made, and that means I get to live forever with him, because of him, through him. I don't want to be the slave of sin. I don't want to be you know, this servant that just pays in and gets all these awful things back. No, I want to be free in Christ so that one day I can live with him eternally. Folks, that's something the Bible promises us. You know, the promise, we think about heaven, that's the place where Jesus lives. And the promise isn't necessarily just to go to heaven. You realize that the promise is that you get to be with him forever. The promise is that you get to be with Jesus and part of that is we even get to rule and reign and dwell with him. I mean, the one that died for me, the one that loves me, that's the gift. I get to be with him because he's the one that paid off my debts. Folks, where are we giving ourselves? Am I on this side of the fence as a slave to sin and I'm getting all these things back that I'm paying in? Or am I going to live on this side where I am free? where I have freedom, where I have these boundaries that are giving me the freedom to live the way that Christ would want me to. And look what he goes on to say, and I think this is a great thing. Folks, the world is temporary, but Jesus lives forever. And look what he says in verse number 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, that's Jesus, he's the one that can do it. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. That means truly free. You can truly have freedom. Listen, Sin, living your life your own way, it'll give you a false sense of freedom. You'll think you're free, but you're not free indeed. Here's what I mean. If you want to be the guy, and there are some people that have chosen this on purpose, you, you could be the guy that says, you know what? I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to live my life my way. Hey, it's all about me. That sounds like freedom, doesn't it? I get to make my own choices. You know, if I want to lie, I'm going to lie if I want to. 
If I want, if I want to you know, do this with my family, if I want to just leave my family, that's my choice. That's my prerogative. I can do it the way I want to. If I want to cheat in my business, I can do it that way. Hey, if I want to be angry and bitter at someone, I can do that. That's, you know, that's up on me. Sounds like freedom. But there's going to be a lot of things that come because of that. Now, what if I choose to do things Christ's way? If I choose to say, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and be honest. I'm just going to go ahead and give as much love as I can possibly give to everyone around me. I think, I think I'm just going to go ahead and, hey, you know, try to live a clean and sober life. I think I'm just going to try to do things the best way that I possibly can. You know what that person's going to have to get back? Nothing. You know, there's some people right now that I know they are honest to a fault. And I would never look at that person and say, I wonder if I can trust them. There are some people I can think of right now. They, they choose just to be happy. And they choose to just, just love everyone around them. And I look at that person and I say, you know what? I can go to that person. I can talk to him about anything. And I know he'll just love me for who I am. Yeah, that's the way I see that person. Is he a slave to sin? No. He's free. He doesn't have any baggage with his life. He doesn't have any extra weight he's having to carry around. You know, I, I, I'm thinking one guy right now. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll not say his name, but I was just thinking about him a couple days ago. Uh, he's, he's a friend of mine. He and I went to high school together. And while we were in high school, it was, it was, it was him and he had a younger sister. And his sister was, I don't know, I want to say four or five years younger than he and I were. And I remember when, when we were just in, just in early high school, his dad said, you know what? I don't want anything to do with you guys anymore. And he just left. I mean, he, he was gone. Nobody knew where he, where he went. He decided to go his own way. And I remember leading up to that point, I looked at his dad and I thought, man, that's a cool guy. You know? He, he's, he, he's just such a great dad. He loves his family. And I remember I'd go over to his house and we would play and we would have fun and stuff. And I'd think, man, what a, what a great guy that is. And then at that one point, just something changed. And now for the rest of his life, that man is going to have to carry around the baggage of what he happened to his kids, what happened to his family. And then he thought he was making a choice. Hey, look at how free I can be. I don't, I don't have to do this or that anymore. I don't have to deal with my responsibilities anymore. Man, I can just live my life on my terms. Okay, yeah, you think so. But you're going to have to carry around the baggage of this for the rest of your life. And folks, while I realize that's something that Man, that might seem kind of heavy. Folks, what I want is what verse number 36 says. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, if you find your freedom in living life God's way, if you find your freedom in being on this side of the fence and trusting Jesus as your Savior, you won't just be free. You will be free indeed. You won't even have to worry about paying off sin anymore. I want to tell you something. All the awful things that I've done, and believe me, I know what I've done. I don't have to worry about paying for those. I have no debt that I have to pay. And one day, I'm going to be on my knees before Jesus Christ. And he's going to look at me and he's going to say, yeah, debt paid in full. You don't owe anything. You know, that's going to be a good day. That's going to be a wonderful day. That's going to be a day that I just look and I think to myself of how unworthy I am. Because that blood is what paid off my debt. And I'm not just free. I'm free indeed. Folks, we said at the beginning how everything, all freedom, really it costs something. The freedoms that we have to be able to sit here this morning and to even be able to read this book, literally just to be able to read this book, someone died for us to be able to have that. 
Someone died for you to be free from your sin as well. And that was Jesus Christ. And I want to ask of you simply two things. And this will be our conclusion, what we bring it all together. Where are you as it stands to be free in Jesus Christ? Could you be a Christian this morning? Maybe you're a child of God. And maybe you don't owe God anything back for your debt. Maybe you have no debt that you have to pay off. But I want to tell you, even as a Christian, your bitterness can cost you a friendship. Even as a Christian, dishonesty can give you a bad name. Even as a Christian, we can do things with our lives and with our bodies that will drag us and suck us down and be made a slave to that sin. Now, when I die and I'm before the Lord, the debt's paid for. But while I'm here, I can still drag around that baggage. So as a Christian, are there some things that slay, that, are there some sins that are keeping you bondage? Are there some, there's some sins that have you just kind of chained to the wall that you can't get away from? I want to ask you this morning, if there are some, and I, I don't know your heart, and I know you don't know mine, but if there are some, and if you know of any, I want to beg you this morning, take that to God. Ask Him to forgive you. And if there's someone that maybe you have to ask forgiveness of that you know, go to them and ask Him for forgiveness so you can be free of that bondage. And then with the Lord's help, move forward and never be a slave to that sin again. And then secondly, maybe you're not sure which side of the fence you're on. Maybe you're like those Jews were, right? The Jews that saw Jesus, some said, ah, yeah, I don't believe that guy. I'm just going to keep doing it the way I want to do it. Then there were the other Jews that believed on him and said, yeah, I believe this guy is for real. Which side of the fence are you going to be on? Are you going to let the truth of just believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior, just trusting in it, accepting his payment, are you going to trust that to make you free indeed? Are you going to trust in his payment to pay off your debt? Like I said, there was that day when I was in that boys' class on a Wednesday night where I asked Jesus to pay off my debt, and he did. And then I had a spiritual birthday, and I've never owed a debt since. Which side of the fence there are you on? I want to ask you today, if you don't know which side you're on, today can be that day where you experience salvation for yourself. So if we could, we'll have every head bowed. And folks, let's have every eye closed. As we think about how we can find true freedom in Christ. You know, so many people, they look at, they look at the Bible, they look at serving God as, as a set of rules. And by the way, there are some ministries, there are some pastors that would say, hey, if you want God to love you, you've got to do A, B, and C. That's not true. That is not true. God already loves you for who you are. Doing things God's way is just how you find your freedom. So would you say there's some sins that are holding you down? Our Heavenly Father, we love you. I pray that you would help us to find our true freedom in you. Help us to find our true freedom living within those protective fences that you have given us. And Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we have here in this country just to be able to worship you, to be able to speak your name freely, to be able to worship you and honor you without persecution. And folks, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, we just want to have what we call very simply our time of invitation. If the Lord has impressed something upon your heart today, this is just your moment where you'll be able to do business with Him. We never want to close a service without giving folks an opportunity to pray. Hey, if Jesus knocked on the door of your heart this morning and said, hey, this sin is chaining you down. This sin is causing you some baggage. This sin is keeping you a slave. 
Go ahead and ask God to forgive you of it today and move forward. Lay down that chain of sin and be free. Are you free indeed this morning? Have you had that spiritual birthday where there's been a point in time? I remember mine. Has there been a time where you've asked Jesus to pay off your sin debt? Where you've trusted him and where you've believed him? Oh, Lord, we love you. I'm thankful for the truth that we find in Scripture this morning. Lord, how, how we've learned that doing the things the way that you would have us to, how there truly is freedom in that. Lord, I pray that you would protect us all from going into that bondage of sin. Help us all not to pay into that sin life. And Lord, if there's anyone here who doesn't personally know you as your Savior, I pray that they get that settled today before it's eternally too late. Lord, we thank you for that freedom that's found in Jesus. I pray now as we get ready to leave and and to go our different ways. Lord, go with us. Help us to honor you, to love you, and to live for you. And Lord, may we always be in a heart that's ready to worship you. We love you. And in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for coming out again this morning. It's a a beautiful day today, and that's all we have. So uh, if there's anything we can do for you, I mean, stick around. We'll be here for a little bit. We love you guys, and I hope you have a wonderful Fourth of July week. And we're dismissed.